fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. What's up? Darn right it is. Welcome into it, brother. It is a Friday. Finally making it to the end of the week. Pat yourself on the back, man. You finally made it across the country. Welcome into a broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country. Multiple radio stations, TV stations, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch or listen to the show. Always a pleasure to have you along for the ride. Your Millennial General reporting for duty. We have a loaded show today. Holy cow. And I don't want to waste any time because our first guest right out of the gate has limited time which we'll explain here in just a moment in our What's Trending story of the day. What's Trending Today. And this is definitely something unique and different that we've done on this show for sure, but I had to get him on with the opportunity to chat with him because there is a lot of movement uh, legally-wise trying to move forward with challenging and defending some of those individuals who were involved in the quote-unquote insurrection of January 6th. Yeah. Insurrection, as we like to call it, the mostly peaceful protest that we saw all over the nation for years. But then we have these individuals that have been locked up for years since January 6th and have not been able to get out. And our first guest on the program today is actually in jail as we speak right now, battling this fight, uh, being the political prisoner that he has been. And he has started numerous different uh, projects, including a podcast, the J6 Legal Fund, which you can find online as well. You can see his book coming out soon about the events that actually took place on January 6th and what the battle has looked like from the other side of things since that event. But happy to have on the program Mr. Jake Lang with us. Jake, what's going on, brother? How are you doing inside there? Andy, I'm blessed. The Lord God has poured his spirit out on me, and he's kept me strong for these last 907 days without a trial as a political prisoner right here in our own country. It's it's quite unbelievable, but it's the truth. There are hundreds of political prisoners from January 6th that have been estranged and persecuted uh, from society and sitting in prisons all across America. And uh, they could have been one of your next-door neighbors. So, you know, this is real. This is very real. Now, for those that don't know your story and don't know um, some of the projects that you've been working on, give us just kind of a quick blurb of your involvement of what happened on January 6th of uh, of that year, and uh, what what happened? What happened at the Capitol, and what happened that led up to your arrest? So, Andy, I mean, January 6th was just an outpouring of American patriotism. You know, a million unarmed American citizens showed up at the Capitol to protest and redress their grievance of a stolen election. Joe Biden did not get 81 million votes. He's not more popular than Obama. He did not run the most successful presidential campaign ever from his basement. And I went there to show my uh, my dissatisfaction with the Congress' willingness to uh, basically stall, install a communist puppet leader, a regime uh, bought and paid for by China, a tyrant himself, Joe Biden. And I stood there peacefully protesting. The Capitol Police unlaunched a onslaught on the peaceful protesters, murdering four unarmed American citizens one of which, Roseanne Boylan, was 
murdered in my arms by the Capitol Police. She died on the steps of the Capitol. Um, Ashley Babbitt was shot and killed at point-blank range by Officer Michael Byrd, and two more elderly gentlemen died from flash grenade uh, impacts. They, they had heart attacks right there on the lawn of our Capitol. And this this event has been so, I mean, mislabeled and, and twisted by the mainstream media that they can make you believe anything, even though the truth of what happened that day has been greatly detailed by patriots, um, who have given us the airtime, such as yourself. Thank you, Andy, for having me on. And we've detailed it in our documentary on my website on j6truth.org. It's been seen by millions of people. And if you want the real truth of January 6th, go, go on to the website and check out j6truth.org. It'll blow your mind. It is definitely fascinating because we have been fed a lot of interesting information regarding January 6th on what really happened that day. And right before Tucker Carlson ended up leaving Fox News, ended up releasing a massive dump of some of all of that footage where it showed really an entirely different story of what we have been told of really almost law enforcement and security giving tours throughout the Capitol and showing where everybody is. Now, obviously, there were some that were vandalizing, breaking the windows and and going off and doing their own things. But that was a very small percentage of the people that were actually there that day, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, an incredibly small percentage. I mean, you know, most of us, you know, at one side of the Capitol, the, the Capitol Police are taking selfies with people, giving them fist bumps, opening up gates, letting them inside the building. But on the other side of the Capitol, the West Terrace side, for some reason they found it appropriate to unleash chemical weapon attacks on the American people that were peacefully protesting tear gas, um, pepper spray, uh, uh, OC spray, uh, all kinds of pepper ball bullets, rubber bullets, metal batons. And it turned into, I mean, a dynamic conflict, as I like to say. It was We were basically there defending our lives. There was women being, I mean, beatily... <laughs> brutally beaten. Uh, police brutality was so rampant there. And I found myself in a situation inside the tunnel um, leading into the Capitol that got so condensed in there that we actually lost the life of Roseanne Boylan. She was trampled and bludgeoned by the police. Um, she was murdered by the Capitol. You have and, one minute remaining. You know, these, these situations, you won't see this kind of stuff in the mainstream news media. I know it said I got a minute left, Andy, so... Um, Jake, I'll, you, I'll try to call back if we still have some more time before the commercial break. But please do. Um, yeah, if you have an opportunity, you know, I would love to get you to call back. Media don't want you to hear. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I would love for you to call yeah. back if you have an I opportunity to, say to do the so. American people. <laughs> yeah, it's it's fascinating. Yes, so, uh, I want to say to the American people that are listening. Yeah, that they need to understand that they've been lied to by the January 6th Select Committee, by CNN, the Washington Post, New York Times. They've all had their own narrative that they've been pushing. And the truth of what happened that day will really blow your mind if you start to dig into it. The, the, the assault on American liberty that happened at the Capitol that day, um, the, the murdered protesters and their families mourning, the thousands of arrested political prisoners. I mean, this is real-life tyranny that, that, we, that we've seen happen at the Capitol and that is affecting. Thank you for using Global And there he goes. All right, he got cut off there. <laughs> Let's see if he can't get caught back up and uh, call back into the program. Uh, interesting perspective. We don't, as you know, here on the program for The Voice Reason, we don't talk much about the January 6th anymore because 
well, you know, it happened almost three years ago, and to continue to talk about it is a little insane with how much they try to hyperbolic, uh, you know, create that 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 paranoia and that fear of what happened that day. But the fact is, is that people are still battling. They're in jail for three years and have not been able to go to court, have not had their due process given to them in any way, shape, or form. And just to put that into perspective for you, by the way, we have illegal immigrants across the nation right now that don't go into court. We have cartel members that are flooding the border with guns and with human trafficking and with drugs and fentanyl and everything of the sort. And when we do come in with the claim of a refugee or asylum-seeking basis, they don't go to court or it's four years out and they never even have to show up. And when we do catch an illegal alien, then we turn them over to ICE and they can only hold them for a maximum of like 72 hours and they have to release them. They cannot hold them in jail for years on end without actually being formally charged with anything. Yet, we have our own American citizens, whether you believe what happened on January 6th was right or wrong or good or bad, however you believe that, uh, the fact that we have people in jail that are being held without proper due process, without proper representation, without proper defense in any way, shape, or form, I think is a little troubling, and we need to bring some awareness to something like that. So, Jake, we'll see if he can come back on the program here momentarily. Uh, if he's not, that's all right. We appreciate his time. We'll try to get him on again a little bit later. But uh, he has started a J6 legal fund, January 6 legal fund, which, by the way, you can go to the website at givesendgo.com slash J6 legal. As uh, And a bit of an update on his case is that their cases with those that are still imprisoned from the January 6th issue are finally getting their case taken to the Supreme Court uh, for the fact that they are being held without due process. So the fact that it's moving up to the Supreme Court is good news, and at least something is moving, at least some type of progress is being made. Because if we can't hold an illegal alien for more than 48, 72 hours from ICE, yet we can hold an American citizen without due process for three years almost now, he said 900 and some odd days, then... That is a troubling fact with our society. I think we have him back on the line here. Jake, are you with us? Yeah, I'm back here, Andy. How are we doing, guys? Hey, there we go. Very good. Real quickly before we talk about some of the stuff you're doing right now in the Supreme Court case that's moving up, uh, I have to ask you the question, which I think is the question that the media has not asked a lot of individuals, uh, truthfully and frontfully, is did Donald Trump tell you to go to the Capitol and do the quote-unquote insurrection on January 6th. Was that Donald Trump's doing? No, that's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> he told us to go peacefully and patriotically protest um, at the Capitol. We were all there to peacefully and patriotically protest, but when, you know, a, a an armed force turns its guns and, you know, it's rubber bullets. I got shot with a rubber bullet. I couldn't walk for a month. They turn their guns, their weapons on an unarmed crowd, unarmed American citizens. You have to stand up and defend yourself and defend the women and the elderly people around you. I mean, you know, they started it, but, I mean, as, as history reflects, we definitely finished it. We got the Capitol building that day, and, you know, we showed that just how strong Americans can be when we're united. And, um, you know, when, when you piss off an American patriot, well, anything's bound to happen. Yeah, talk about now what's what's happening right now. You've been obviously starting this J6 legal fund to trying to help uh, with a defense lawyer for individuals that are still incarcerated after all this time. But the case that you guys have going to the Supreme Court right now, talk about what's going on. Yeah, this is very interesting. So the J6 legal fund um, is an organization I started to help out 
dozens of Jan Sixers who have been given um, public defenders that are, I mean, they're insane liberals. They, they've said things like, you guys were there at the Capitol that day to steal our vote. So these lawyers are obviously not working in the best interests of the January Sixers. So I started this to try to get conservative, patriotic attorneys to represent the Jan Sixers. And I put a good team of, of attorneys together around my case specifically because I actually had a charge that was overturned. The, the obstruction of Congress 1512 charge is a blanket political charge. It carries a 20-year maximum. It's a, it's a felony charge, 20-year felony charge, very serious charge. And hundreds of January 6th defendants have been coerced um, and threatened into taking prison time and plea deals um, for this 1512 charge, and some of them have went to trial and been found guilty of it and are doing years and years in prison. And my charge actually got dropped by my district court judge. But after my district court judge dropped it, the federal district court, the appellate division, the government pushed it up to the appellate division, and they overturned his decision. So now the only court left in the land in the federal arena to argue this out in is the Supreme Court. So my team, I'm one of only three Jan Sixers that had this charge dropped. And now my team has been forced. We're pushing this up to the Supreme Court. The implications, the political implications, Andy, behind this charge are so crazy because, number one, it could be a clearinghouse if we win this in Supreme Court and it's the 1512 charge is done away with. It could be a clearinghouse, a mass exodus of all the different Jan Sixers that are doing prison time serious years and years prison time for this charge. And yeah. on top of that, if your audience remembers, the January 6th Select Committee, the very biased and very Soviet-style um, Select Committee, also recommended this charge for Donald Trump to be charged with. Ooh, so that's we could interesting. also Jake, win this and I tell you what, Donald Trump from going to prison. That's a way to do it. I tell you what, hang on the line, see if you can stick on as long as you can. we got to take a hard break here on The Voice of Reason. Stay the Voice here. of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, darn right it is. Welcome back into the program. 24 minutes past the hour. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you hang out with us. We always love you to death and appreciate you. Finally making it to Friday. Pat yourself on the back, baby. It's the way we roll. So January 6th, however you feel about the incident that happened with January 6th, we like to call it the quote-unquote mostly peaceful protest. (laughs) I mean, that's what they called the Black Lives Matter protests and Antifa protests over the last couple of years, right? So, I mean, it's essentially the same thing. Uh, what really happened there and what's being done, because we still have individuals that are in jail and not really being charged with anything substantial or concrete, not having any court hearings and just sitting there, you pro- more than likely for the political purposes. One of those guys sitting in there right now is Jake Lang. We have him on the line for a couple more minutes as we... I kind of wrap this one up. Uh, you were as we are going into that break. I had to cut you off there shortly, but you had mentioned that with this um, th- this charge you're trying to bring out to many of these January sixth individuals. If this gets dropped across the board, would that release a lot of people from jail? And like you said, would that also protect uh, former President Trump from being charged with the same thing, which is what they've tried to do? Yeah, hundred percent. So you know all the other nonsense Trump's got himself involved in. Um, recently, that doesn't really carry jail time with it. They're, they're, 
they're not that serious charges, but an obstruction of Congress felony charge that carries a 20-year maximum sentence, if he were to be charged with this in D.C. and go to trial with it, he'd be found guilty because D.C. jury pool is so ridiculously biased here. You're guilty before you even walk in the courtroom there. So if we win this charge in the Supreme Court, this big Supreme Court filing we just did, um, we not only will hopefully clear the house of all the January you know, the jailhouses, all the January Sixers, but we will protect Donald Trump also in an election year, 2024, the Republican frontrunner, from being imprisoned by a biased D.C. jury pool, by a ridiculously um, show trial uh, January 6th select committee full of his enemies that have been trying to imprison him simply because they want to hold on to their power. And, you know, this is this is very important because, Basically, the 1512 charge has been a weaponized law code. It's an instrument of oppression that the Democrats are using to uh, round up and uh, imprison and stifle political dissidents uh, from the Republican side, from the conservative side. So, you know, if it wasn't the 1512 charge, they would use another code. So this this obstruction of Congress charge that we're going against the Supreme Court means more than just this one particular law code we're fighting. It Hopefully we'll restore back to balance and, and the, the purity of the American political discourse because if the Republicans come in office and they start treating their Democrats like they just got treated, just and make us like a banana republic where the political party that's in power uses all of their um, agents, FBI, DOJ, to go into you know round up and stifle and, and and you know completely destroy the past political party. That's not America. That's not what we stand for here. So we're fighting against that as well, too, Andy. Yeah, amen to that. It is. Yeah, it, it can't be used like that on either side of the aisle. And unfortunately, we're starting to see that a little bit from both sides, which is unfortunate. Jake, we got just about forty-five seconds before we have to let you go and take our our last Thank break. Thank you for here. using global telling. Nope. I think he got cut off. All right. We appreciate that, though. It's uh, Jake Lang there. He was in J6 and uh, got cut off right there at the buzzer. Again, in jail. We've never done that on the program here. That's definitely a first here for The Voice Reason, getting someone from inside. But uh, the other side, the insight is interesting. And again, however you believe things played out on January 6th, whether it was an insurrection, whether it was an unnecessary thing, whether it just was a peaceful protest where a few individuals took it a little bit out of hand, however you believe to think that Americans are in there with uh, certain charges without having the proper defense where even the lawyers are like, well, just take this charge and sit in jail for the next 20 years. Is that proper due process and is that the way that we should be handling certain situations in the nation? Because I'm pretty sure Kamala Harris was bailing out Antifa members who are literally burning down cities and beating people up and killing them in the middle of the street. Whatever you believe, I don't think that was happening on January 6th. Lots more coming up. Stay here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason meets radio, this is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today. What a Friday. What a Friday. Just had an interesting interview for the last half hour. And then during the break, my my mic stand just broke. That's nice. Now, see, here's the thing. I can hold it and I can do the program just as normal. Why? Because I'm not unionized and I can take care of it all by myself. Thank you very much. I, <laughs> I don't need no dang on union worker to do this for me. So 
There we go. We'll just kind of make do for what we have here. Welcome into the program. What's up? Cramming 10 pounds of reason into that five-pound bag, trying to rebrand the millennial generation one radio listener at a time on all of our wonderful radio stations. More coming on as well. By the way, make sure to check out our other nationally syndicated program that we have on the weekends now, our two-hour program. So we are blowing up like a weed growing, and it's all good. Great to have you with us. Let's shift gears here a little bit and get into our latest in what's trending. What's trending today? So obviously, we have a major battle going on with a lot of our, you could call them God-given rights, natural rights, constitutional rights, uh, trying to limit the federal government, limit the infringement upon the free free market, uh, the capitalist system, however you want to look at different issues. The battle is always ongoing, and as you know, we love talking about Second Amendment issues, obviously with our friend Mark Walters, host of Armed American Radio, a national show, which I like to fill in for and guest with him, and he comes on this show quite a bit, but it's a major battle to continuously fight for all of our rights, because if we don't, then who else is going to do it? And the government loves to find ways to take those away to ha- on the line with us here to talk about some of that and so much more. He's a civil rights attorney. He's also the founder of the nonprofit organization We the Patriots USA, which you can find online at WeThePatriotsUSA.org. Happy to have on the program here, Mr. Brian Festa. Brian, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well, Andy. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, excited to have you on the program. It is, uh, it's a troubling time right now, isn't it? We see a lot of uh, just out of the blue Democrats find random new and creative ways to try and limit freedoms. And unless we're aware of them, they happen at such a small incremental level that we don't notice them until it's really gone. Yeah, ain't that the truth? Um, you know, it's it's been a plan of the radical left part of their agenda for decades now. I, I really want to say going back uh, to at least the 1970s uh, that they've had this strategic plan uh, using the courts to just chip away at our rights, chip away. And now in the recent decades, especially the last 10 years, uh, going into state legislatures, they know they can't really get any major uh, bill passed at the federal level. It's obviously uh, you know unconstitutional. We have you know decisions that I can talk about Today, like Bruin last year and the year be- and then years prior in 2008, the Heller decision recognizing an individual right to keep and bear arms. Um, so what they've done is they've got it into these radical blue states like Connecticut, uh, which is what we're going to talk about today, and passed laws that they know are unconstitutional, but they're trying to, I, I guess, sway public opinion and get enough of these states to do this for long enough to take our our guns away. I mean, that's really what this is all about. They want to disarm the people. You know that. Yeah, absolutely. Talk about some of the wins that we have seen, though. Obviously, there's been some major shakeups with the Supreme Court lately that the progressives have not liked in any way, shape, or form. But we've seen some major wins come out uh, regarding New York and some of the other states that have tried to put massive infringements on two-way issues, and they've gotten shot down. This uh, This is a major detriment to Democrats who think that the courts are always on their side. Yeah, you, it, you're exactly right. And especially when you look at, um, I mentioned the Bruen case uh, last year, which recognized it took Heller a step further. It took uh, the decision in Heller, which said that there is an individual right. It's not just about a well-regulated militia. It's an individual right to keep and bear arms in one's home. Bruen took it a step further and said, no, 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 it's not just in one's home. It's outside of the home. It's everywhere. Yeah. You have a right to keep and bear arms. Well, brazenly, the state of Connecticut, um, you know, comes along just last month, about uh, literally about three weeks ago, 
and uh, says, you know, we're going to pass a ban on the open carry of firearms. We don't care anyone. Whether you have a permit, you don't have a permit, nobody can openly carry a firearm. We're going to place a ban on uh, handgun purchases or a limit on handgun purchases. You can only purchase so many handguns at a time. We're going to restrict sales of ammunition. We're going to restrict uh, sales of so-called assault rifles, which you know is a misnomer, uh, but that's what they call them. Uh, so they're going to they're going to expand their ban on on AR-15s and things like that. I mean, just a host of things they did with this radical legislation, knowing that the United States Supreme Court has said you can't do things like this. You can't place these unreasonable restrictions. Uh, there, there's no even if there is a compelling government interest, you have to show that you've done it by the you you if you're going to infringe on a fundamental right, you have to show that you've done it by the least restrictive means. But they can't even show there's any compelling interest. They can't show that laws like this reduce crime. When you look at cities like Chicago, Los Angeles, uh, Washington D.C. that have some of the most restrictive gun laws in the entire United States, and yet have the most violence committed with firearms anywhere in the country. Um, we know it's about people. It's not about guns. Guns don't kill people. People kill people. Yeah. Well, that's very true. You're absolutely right. And uh, while they try to ignore some of those stats of the fact that Chicago, Washington, D.C., New York City, some of these places that have the highest uh, gun crimes at all, then they turn around and say, well, we're not looking at the city as a whole. We're looking at the state and the state still allows firearms. And if we could just go further banning those firearms and they wouldn't have the opportunity to get them in those cities. So it's the Republican <laughs> state's fault. It's not the Democrat blue city's fault. Right. Yeah. Well, Come on, you really think people? You really think the people in inner city Chicago that are committing all of these murders Memorial Day weekend, Fourth of July weekend, you see the crime spike every summer. We see it, right? Yeah. You really think they're walking into Cabela's to get their Glock? Yeah, exactly. And by the way, Brian, how many of those crimes are actually being used as AR-15s in these quote-unquote weapons of war and assault rifles? How many of those are actually being used in crimes? Because as far as I'm aware, in the stats that I've seen, they're not very many. No, no. I mean, that, that, that's exactly it. I mean, you see some of the school shootings we've talked about. You've seen them used here and there and some of those. But the majority of inner city gun crime, which is the majority of, I, I hate even calling it gun crime, crimes committed with firearms, just easier to say gun crime. But yeah. the, the majority of, of crimes committed using firearms, the vast majority is inner city crime. All right. They don't want to talk about race, but it's black on black crime. You know that as well as I do. OK, they don't want to fix the poverty issues in those neighborhoods that are driving uh, things like drugs, drug use, other crimes that are happening in those cities. Okay, they don't want to talk about any of that. Um, they want to just focus on guns as if we can take guns away. We can limit the amount of handguns I can purchase at, at somewhere like, you know, Cabela's or, or my local gun shop, even better. Let's give them the business, right? Yeah. Um, they think that's going to somehow stop the crime in inner city New York and D.C. and Chicago. I mean, come on, give yeah. me a give me a break. Here's 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 what needs to happen. You know as well as I do what needs to happen. We need to. There's a societal problem with regard to these these crimes. I talked about race. I talked about poverty. It, it's really it's really about um, a societal problem. A, a, a it, it's it's a a cycle that seems never-ending at this point because it's been going on for so many decades in these inner cities. But it's a cycle that's been created by the radical left. They've set it up this way purposely to keep, to perpetuate it because it helps them. Yeah. They don't care about these black lives. Black lives matter. Black lives matter. You think they care about black lives in the inner city of Chicago with gun crime? That's not what they're trying to stop. All they're doing, Andy, with these laws is 
taking guns out of the hands of law-abiding Americans like you and I who simply want to protect ourselves and protect our families. That's what they've tried to do for a very long time. We're talking about Brian Festa. He's the founder of the nonprofit organization We the Patriots USA, which you can find online at wethepatriotsusa.org. Read a piece just a couple of days ago. It was a, it was a piece out of CNN, out of all places, which was hilarious, trying to make the claim. Uh, and, of course, they used this sob story. They started off with this whole setting the scene and the sob story of an individual uh, who had her daughter and her cousin shot dead at a store because of a... Uh, ex-boyfriend that she had had that found out was molesting her two daughters for years with the uh, he was in his mid-50s or whatever and that she had broken up with him when she found out about it he got upset and then he went and shot the daughter and another member of the family and it all could have been prevented if she had known about the red flag law that was in the state of new mexico where it happened and the push that where we need to have red flag laws as a consistent universal law across the nation so that way people know of the options in order to protect themselves. Now, they failed to mention that she didn't call law enforcement when she broke up with him of the sexual assault on the daughters. So law enforcement wasn't aware of the case in which they could have placed a red flag law on. But these are the ridiculous angles of attack they try to go after the Second Amendment by making some sob story that doesn't make any sense realizing that if this happened anywhere else, then the guy might not have a chance to even get a gun anyways because of the reaction from the family. Exactly. And, again, they, they want to look past all of that, though, Andy, don't they? they? They want to look past the family issues, the individual situations, the individual facts and circumstances, and just sort of try to, you know, uh, broad brush it and say, oh, if they're, if she had been aware, if there had been a red flag lost place, this never would have happened. Um, listen, People who want to commit crimes, who want to commit violent offenses, will do so whether or not uh, there is a law like this, whether or not there's a limit on the number of handguns they can purchase, whether or not there's a ban on an AR-15. There's other ways that people can harm other people. I mean, do you, you just stop and think about this, everybody listening, okay? For most of human history, guns did not exist. Yeah. Okay? The majority of human history, guns did not exist. Do you think... Humans were less violent mm -hmm. 500 years ago, 1,000 years ago, 1,500 years ago, 2,000 years ago. Have you studied history and wars and things like that? Do you know how many people were killed? And even on the individual level, and you look yeah. at places like the Roman Empire and the, the barbarism that was going on there. I mean, people will kill other people regardless of it. Oh, and, and they'll come back and say, oh, yes, but you know, it's so much easier now. You can just walk in and just spray bullets everywhere with an AR-15 which, again, it's not, it's not a fully automatic weapon. Exactly. It's a 22, it's a 22 rifle. It's not fully automatic. It yes, is, Brian. It's a weapon. Yeah, Brian, I hate to cut you off. we got to take a hard break here. Hang on the line. I want to continue this conversation when we come back right around the corner here this for The Voice of Reason. Stay right here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Good news, everybody. Good news, just FYI. Not that you need to know this, but I fixed my microphone stand during the break. Yeah, yeah, I got that fixed. I didn't need a union member to actually go and do that for me. I did it all by myself. I am a big kid now. I'm a big kid now. 
So thank you very much. <laughs> we got that taken care of. Hey, I want to tell you about my friends over at Americans for Prosperity. They are working on reigniting that American dream. It's dying off, and we don't want that to happen. They are the largest grassroots organization trying to fight for conservative principles, limited government, individual sovereignty, the American dream for everyone. No matter who you are, we have equal opportunity for all. That's what we fight for, not equal outcome, equal opportunity. And you can check them out. You can be part of it by being more than the four million advocates of going and knocking on doors or financial supporters or the ones making phone calls or the ones just talking to your friends and neighbors about how to reignite that American dream as they work and get you geared up for the elections, both this year for the offseason in your local communities and for the national races next year as well. They have 36 state chapters all over this country and have knocked more than 1.5 million doors just in 2022 alone for those midterm elections. They are the, again, largest grassroots organization, and you can help out in numerous different ways. Go and check them out at americansforprosperity.org. Again, americansforprosperity.org. Help reignite the American dream with your local community, your local activism, and Americans for Prosperity. All right, we got a few minutes left here. We're hanging out with Brian Festa. He is the founder of WeThePatriotsUSA.org. A lot of great content. I'm scrolling through their website here as well with everything that they're working on. And Brian, with our last few minutes, um, as we talk about the Second Amendment, we talk about trying to defend because really that's the one that allows us to have all the other rights that we have in this nation, isn't it? I mean, the right for us to have freedom of speech or freedom to practice any religion that we want or to uh, have the freedom of go down the list of what the Constitution protects us with, that the Second Amendment is the one that holds that true. And while they try to say that more people across the nation are concerned about uh, gun violence, quote unquote, and want more gun restrictions and want more, want more gun regulations, Whenever a shooting actually happens in a local community, wherever it may be, either a school or a a grocery store or a Walmart or whatever, isn't it true that once that happens, that community itself starts rethinking and says, oh, wait a second, I never thought it could happen in my community. I never thought it could happen near me. I never thought it could be affected by my own family. I'm now going to go out and get a firearm to protect myself and my family because I feel very vulnerable now and the government's not doing anything to actually protect me. That goes against the agenda from the other side, and they don't quite grasp that concept, do they? No, they absolutely don't. And um, that's, I guess, the unintended uh, consequence of these things happening, which, again, I I believe they've – I'm not going to get conspiratorial here, but I I believe they've definitely set the wheels in motion to allow for things like mass shootings to happen. But, uh, yes, the the unintended consequence that they didn't – uh, want to happen is, is is ordinary Americans think, hey, you know, I've got to protect myself now. Now I actually need a gun. I never thought I would actually want to shoot one. Yeah. There's more people now that own firearms uh, than probably any time in our in 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 our history, at least in the in, in modern history, um, simply because um, they've woken up that these things aren't bad. They can be used to protect ourselves. And hey, actually, they can be used for sport too. It's pretty fun to go to the range and to, uh, you know, shoot uh, clay pigeons and all other things like that and, and get involved in competitions. And, you know, it, it's, it's actually more than just protection, although that's the primary purpose, as you said. That was the founder's vision 
is to protect all of our other rights because they experienced it firsthand. And again, this all goes back to history. The only people who are fighting this are people that don't really understand history, that don't understand that the government can actually be an oppressor that can threaten your safety, your family's safety, and take away all of your rights. So um, we're fighting this lawsuit. We hope to take this, you know, we actually hope it goes all over the United States Supreme Court because what we do strategically with our lawsuits is we try to take on lawsuits that are going to set nationwide precedent. We're not only trying to win for Connecticut. We're trying to get uh, nationwide precedent that says you can't have open carry bans. You can't ban. You can't place unreasonable limits on the number of handguns someone can purchase. It's just ridiculous. So we encourage everyone. If they can, to please support us at wethepatriotsusa.org, because litigation, as you know, Andy, is not cheap. It's extremely expensive. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars we have to expend in litigation. Uh, so if you want us to be able to continue these fights, please consider supporting us at wethepatriotsusa.org. Make it happen, brother. I appreciate it very much. And the fact that if you guys are able to win a big case coming out of Connecticut, that would be the toppling of the East Coast liberalism that we see all the time. So kudos to you and God bless. And hopefully you guys can make that happen. Brian, let's get you back on the show again real soon, my friend. All right. Thanks. God bless. Hey, appreciate that very much. Again, go check it out. We the Patriots. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. We the Patriots USA.org. Go check it out. Until then, this is the Voice Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. Everybody have a great weekend. We'll see you on the radio.